Good morning. Welcome. Here we are. So glad you're here with us today. It's always nice to plan and put some energy into something and actually have people come up to receive that. So I'm very grateful. Otherwise, I'd be out here talking to myself, which I am most of the time anyway, but it all works out. So what I'm going to invite you to do today, I will, we won't get up and look into one another's eyes. John, I'm going to look into your eyes right now, though. But I, what I want you to do right now is I just want you to peek over to somebody to your left or right and just go, you're a genius. You're a genius. All right. We're activating the genius right here. What we, what we hear, we forget. What we see, we remember. What we say, we become. And so you get to say to them, I am. I am. Thank you. All right. This is so beautiful. It is. Someone invites you to just notice your breathing in this moment. The breath is such a beautiful way to ground ourselves. And when we're grounded, we're connected to source, source energy. Creator, divine, infinite love, possibility. Ah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And it's so renewing. Every cell, not every cell, but 25, I think it's million cells a second die and are recreated and reborn. I mean, we are amazing. And so with that in mind, that awe, awareness, to stand in awe of that which is supporting us and resourcing us and transforming in every second, what I know is I'm going to invite you to sing a chant with me and I'll say a prayer and then I will share, we'll open a door. We're going to open a door today. A portal of love. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very And so what I know and acknowledge in this moment, in this invocation, in our prayer, because we have just sung at this room, there's enough love in this room for the entire world. And this is my knowing with you. And so we are so generous and, and opulently supplied in that love that I know wherever love is called for, where there's a receptive heart and mind, we offer it unconditionally, this endless flow of who we are, which is the infinite. And so I recognize that in this moment on behalf of each person here. That there's one life, one activity, that activity, that source, that presence, that love, that beauty is a vibration of the Most High. It is what the mystics of all ages have spoken about, sung about, chanted about, meditated upon, and been transformed through and with and as. It is who we are. 
So I give thanks this day for the blessings of this day. I give thanks to live in such a beautiful country, to live in such an amazing city, to live in a community, to have this philosophy and this teaching available to us to transform our lives, to be here as individuals that are here to make the impossible possible. And so whatever we are facing, it is our gift. Whatever is stirring us and calling us to a greater yet to be, I give thanks I know that it is not without friction because friction is how things are born. And so I give thanks knowing that my friction is easy and graceful and is the minimal amount of friction required for the maximum amount of benefit. This is my knowing here and now as I partner with spirit and I invite you to join me in the yes of this idea and the yes of this possibility and the yes of who and what you are. And for this I give thanks and together we say, and so it is. All righty. See, Brooklyn, you get me all worked up with that song about I am the light, and you remind me of what we teach, and it's just like it's magical. So thank you so much. So anyway, this guy has is, had a, a dog his whole life, and the dog passes away. And you know how that goes when you've had something that you love. And, and so he finally, after about a year of mourning, the passing of his beloved animal, goes down to the pet store, and he goes in, and he says to the guy, I'm finally ready to have another dog. But I don't really want a puppy. I want to, you know, I'd like to have a, you know, something a little more mature and not have to do all the puppy stuff with it. Do you have anything? And the guy says, well, I got one in the back. And he's, you know, he might be interested. And, and the guy says, really? And he's, what breed? He says, well, he's kind of a mixed breed. There's a, I'm not sure what it is, but you'd have to go take a look. But the one thing that's unique about this particular dog is he's able to speak. The guy says, really? He says, yeah, go on back, talk to him. So the guy goes back and he's in the back room and he's, he walks up to this, this dog and he says, Hello, and the dog says, hello. This is amazing, you can speak. He says, yes, I can. And, the, and so the guy's standing there, and he's, he says, well, tell me about yourself. And the dog says, well, he says, I have been all over the world. He said, I used to work as a spy for the government, and they would put me in areas where I could listen with my ears because my ears are so sharp, and then I could give them the information they were looking for. And I did that for a number of years, and they were moving me all over the place and taking me to different exotic locations. I got tired of that. I wanted to settle down, get married, have some pups. So I did that, and then I went to work for the uh, security at the airport. And he said, I've been doing that, but he said, you know, I just, I'm ready now to just relax and take it easy. That's amazing. So a guy goes out and says to the owner, he says, you know, he says, I'd like to, if I could, if I can afford this dog, I'd love to purchase this dog. And he says, no problem. He says, well, how much do you want for him? He said, I'd like 20 bucks. He says, $20 for this dog that speaks? He says, yeah. He says, wow. He says, yeah, but he says, that dog is a liar. He, just, he never worked for the government. He never worked for the airport. He, he's always telling lies. So you can have him for 20 bucks. That's the punchline there, by the way. The reason I tell you this story, and it's actually not a true story in case you were wondering. The reason I tell you this story is many times we miss the miracle of who we are. Many times we think because, so your song's so beautiful, I am not my story, I am not my skin, I am not the, you know, there's many, many beautiful meditations, I'm not the mind, I'm not the body, I'm consciousness, and that's what we are. And so here we find this amazing dog that can speak, which of course is miraculous, but because the dog's a liar, because the story he tells is not true, it discounts the, this idea. And I think it's such a beautiful metaphor of the idea that so many of us forget the beauty of who we are just by being alive. That this life is such a gift, despite all of the, the, 
challenges and struggles that, that all of us have faced because none of us escape it. But we forget many times because we become so attached to our history and so attached to our stories and so attached to the, the wounds. I mean, you know, I'm, go see a movie. If you, you know, they're all about the wounds. There's always a protagonist. There's always a challenge over, for the most part. Even in a D- Disney movie, you know, Finding Nemo. I mean, we've got to find the fish now. But the point is, is that I think it's such a beautiful story about this idea that we sometimes miss the beauty that we are in this moment because all of a sudden, something that is not us, we allow to identify us. We are all miraculous. When I say that to you, how does that land with you? So Gabriel Bernstein, I, I said to Laura, my wife Laura this morning, looks like Carolyn Collins on the front of this book. We have our own Gabriel Bernstein in our, our midst. But it's a beautiful book called The Universe Has Your Back. And I want to share a few ideas with you this morning about that. And in the book, she talks about, and we all have great stories. I mean, she's just written down her story. You know, anyone in this room could have written this book. Get your book written and we'll talk about it next month. Easy for me to say, I've been right, spending the last six years writing my book. But the point is, is in Gabriel Bernstein talks about, she was in a yoga class in 2015, and all of a sudden her neck, she started to have pain in her neck, and her left arm started going numb, the left side of her face started going numb. And she didn't know what was going on, but she called her husband, she's married to a great guy, she's got a great career, everything in her life is going really, really well. So he rushed her, came, picked her up, rushed her to the hospital, they ran some tests, couldn't find anything. And what she was having was a panic attack. She'd never had one before. But as a young girl, her mother taught meditation. She said, my mom's a hippie, and she got me meditating when I was young. And so she went into her meditation practice. When she came out of her meditation practice, because meditation will help settle things. The the, the words downloaded as she was journaling. She said she picked up a, a pen to write in her journal. And the message she got fell on the page. It said, this is your resistance to love and freedom. This is your resistance to love and freedom. The lingering darkness within you is resisting happiness. Anybody, can anybody identify with that? You know, I mean, we understand this stuff. It works if we work it. As they say at the 12-step meeting, it works if we work it. But why don't we work it? Because we know it. And so I want to share with some, some ideas, some, some things that come from her story. And it's, it's just another way to frame what we know to be true. But I think it is so important to, to remind ourselves, repetition is the most effective way to learn. And so her beautiful story is our story. So what is the resistance, that thing within us that fights change? The mindset that this current experience that I'm having is, is, is the only way I can be. The resistance is the reason we stay stuck in patterns that keep us from thriving. So Gabrielle writes, and I have a slide that articulates this. She writes, you may have found that you regularly experience relief with meditation, with prayer, with positive affirmations, therapy, and other types of personal growth only to sabotage that feeling with a limiting belief, negative comment, or addictive behavior, addictive pattern. This experience continues to occur because the moment we lean toward the light, the darkness within us resists it. But isn't it good to know, this is good news, to know it and understand it, we're not alone. Just because you tried it and and your resistance showed up, that doesn't doesn't make you um, less than or, or less capable. It's just the way we're all tripwired. Sigmund Freud, after years and years of working with people, he realized people weren't getting better. And so he asked the question, and it came to him in a dream. And in the dream, it came to him that his patients simply did not want to get better. They didn't want to. 
You know, it's, it's kind of like having a small group and sitting around, you know, rather than have the, having the heavenly experience, let's just talk about going to heaven. Much more interesting rather than have the experience. Let's go to McDonald's and read the menu. Not that you want to eat at McDonald's, but a restaurant of your choice. It's always nice to have the meal. So we, we, we must be free, as she said, to recognize the resistance. Because when we recognize it, it changes it, it shifts it. And what we're here, what we're here on this planet, one of the things I think that is a primary purpose of taking life is to build capacity. And we build capacity through finding things, through finding ideas, finding people, finding examples, finding things that we're called to that inspire us, that carry us forward, a possibility. We are a group of people. We are a group of dreamers. I love that video. Oh, my God, that, that video of Pentatonic singing that. Imagine. Oh, I saw it yesterday. I thought, we got to use that tomorrow. It's amazing. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I'm in a room of dreamers. But how do we give legs and, and foundation to our dreams? Because the great people in history have all done that. So clear about a vision, they stayed with it and stayed with it and stayed with it. We used to have the banners up, took them down to settle things down. But those banners had some of, some of our heroes on it. Gandhi led the entire nation of India into freedom, emancipation from the British Empire. Did it nonviolently. Just remarkable. So he had a vision. And so I want to just share with you some of these ideas. So the first idea that I want to float out after this building capacity is our is a resistance. So acknowledging resistance dissipates it. That's my resistance. Labeling it. The Buddhists call it labeling it. Then we move to divine connection. She says in her book, Gabrielle writes in her book, The Universe Has Your Back, our happiness, our success, and safety can be measured by our genuine capacity to tune into the loving vibration of the universe. Loving vibration of the universe. So here's the deal. We, I said we're going to open a door today. What if we open the door metaphorically? What if we open a portal right here energetically that opens us to the loving vibration of the universe? Anybody receptive to that? Open to that? Yeah. Yeah, it's just a yes. It's just a yes. It opens a portal. It's there. We're in it. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to be anything other than what we are. We are the beloved whom the Father, Mother, God is well pleased. So how do you connect with the divine? I know I, our effort here in settling things down and removing some distractions so you can come in and settle with yourself. But is it music? Is it breath work? Is it yoga? Is it physical activity? It could be all of those things. It doesn't have to be one thing. It could be all of those things. All of those things can become spiritual practice. Source energy's highest vibration is love. So when we are living in, in, and having an experience of love wherever it may be, I mean, when I watch that video with the Imagine and those beautiful voices and the, and the images that come up, it just brings a tear to my eye. I'm just so inspired. It's like, oh, that's part of my tribe. I love that. Can you fall in love and can you believe in a future that you haven't experienced with your senses yet? is the question. Because as practical mystics, that's where the juice is. If we can see a vision of possibility and fall in love with it and train our bodies to actually believe we're having the experience even though it hasn't shown up yet in form, that's when magic happens. That's when miracles happen. And, and why don't we spend more time doing that? I don't know. I do know. I'll talk about that in a moment. One of the significant keys around that is gratitude. 
Joe Dispenza talks about, I love Dr. Joe, he's amazing. I think he's doing some amazing work on the planet right now. And the more I study him, the more I'm just inspired. But Dr. Joe talks about that gratitude is that feeling tone. Gratitude is that sense of it's already happened. Oh my gosh, I have all these bills. I have all these bills. I got more bills than I have money in the, in the bank account. Anybody ever had that experience? I've had that experience. My problem is the, the months are too long, you know? You just tell my boss, you just need to pay me for an extra week. Come on, get with the program here. But the point is, is that when we, when we get into a feeling tone, it doesn't, so it doesn't help to worry about that. But that's right where we go. Not enough money. Well, my spiritual practice for that is worry. In fact, I worry and then I count what I don't have. And that makes sense because the rational mind will go there. But then all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 no. There's a new idea being given birth here and now. I don't know how it's going to show up, but I know what it is. It's infinite supply. And that's the work for all of us, wherever it may be. So miracles are things we perhaps do not expect, something that we never experienced before. This is an indication that we're creating from the unknown. So Dr. Joe says that, when, and I'm going back to him again, Dr. Joe Dispenza, he says that when we're doing this work and we surrender to the infinite, we surrender to the possibility, we surrender to the unknown. And surrendering is just realizing we're in partnership. I'm in partnership with spirit here. Spirit and I are one, and we are partners in this. But when we do that, what shows up for us should surprise us. It should surprise us and dazzle us and delight us because it should be unexpected, because it's new. It's new. We've never seen it before. If we recognize it, we're not creating from some new paradigm. We're just creating from the old consciousness. I think that's fascinating. So why not delight in it? It's a mystery. And it will always respond, it always responds to our state of being. So when we're depressed, we're angry, we're frustrated, we're confused, we can't. Our work is then to realize, wait a minute, my opportunity here is to create a state of being that despite what's going on in my life, despite what the conditions are, I'm not going there. I may go there for a bit, but I'm not living there anymore. I may pass through the valley of darkness, but I don't get a, a postal code there, you know what I mean. So what, what Dr. Joe says, you deepen this relationship by becoming more divine, it's personal and it's universal. If you use your brain to change your brain, it will only make your brain worse. If you use your ego to only change your ego, you will only endorse the ego. Very popular idea. If you use the programming to change the programming, you will only program more. When you use matter to only change more matter, you will become more matter. Makes sense. So when you have dominion, when you open yourself and surrender yourself to pure consciousness, pure con- I am pure consciousness. I'm not the conditions of my life. I am pure consciousness. And opening that door, that portal to love, that connection, that divine connection, it's a different experience. And it takes practice. If you're struggling right now in some area of your life and you're going to go home and open that door, I guarantee you, you're going to probably have more struggle before it gets better. But it takes practice. Believe it or not, we practice being miserable to get to the point of being miserable. So if you have dominion to change your brain, your body, and your life, you are better able to create something in future time. And it is in the surrendering that your resistance is mastered. 
Hey, I got resistance going. Yeah, but that's not who I am. That's just those old memorized habits, uh, memorized patterns. Because you and I are creator. You and I are the creator of all this. Not all of it, not the whole world. I mean, you know, you know, none of us are the God, as Bill Murray says in Groundhog Day. I'm just one God, you know. He couldn't kill himself as much as he tried. But you are creator. You see the world that you've made, but you don't see yourself as the image maker. And that's part of the challenge. So knowledge is power, and self-knowledge is self-empowerment. So when we understand this at a deeper level, because we are in a, po- a point where it's not enough to know. We must know how, and we must activate it. So we become the philosopher, we become the initiate, we start to work with the principles, and we become the master. We're here to bring mastery to these things. Why is that important? Because when we bring mastery to it, it adds to the sum total collective nature of the, the universal soul. And the universal soul is always seeking greater expression, greater creativity. Dr. Holmes talked about it. There's a fulfillment in that. There's a joy in that. So are you inspired enough to apply this idea to your life? Why don't we do that? If we knew this to be true, if we knew this was accurate, why wouldn't we do this every day for a period of time? 15 minutes. Sit down, visualize, surrender to the infinite, to the unknown. As Dr. Joe says, when we surrender to the unknown, that's where all the stuff gets created. Giving back the limiting beliefs, clearing, making space for it. The hardest part is making time for it. The hardest part is making time for it. Simple. It just is. He's got some remarkable studies he's done, Joe Dispenza, that I've been reading and studying with him. People that have had conditions. He studied five people who were all given a death diagnosis, given a death sentence. Started working with the principles. Started imagining health. Started imagining their bodies being recreated and living in that mystery, but giving it something to work with. Surrendering, but also bringing with it a snapshot and a feeling tone of what health would feel like. And he said, every person, independent of one another, he, they didn't know one another, but independent, each one experienced a healing. And he said, what happened with them is they all became, at some point in time in the process, so happy with who they were in the moment, they could care less if they had a disease. And interesting, they were in the condition, but they, they created a feeling tone of joy. So happy, they just, wow, doesn't even matter. I can be happy even with this. And he said it was in that moment that the disease went away. Fascinating how powerful we are. That's you. You are that miracle. Presence is power. Presence is power. Your presence is your power and you are the thing itself. And when you try to create from trying and hoping and wishing, it doesn't work. But most people do. I hope I get a break. Every time you have a thought, you make a chemical. I know that for myself. I can feel it. I'm really aware of the chemicals now. Holy cow. And in that chemical, we create a state of being dependent upon the nature of how we think and how we feel. And that's why Dr. Joe says we have to recondition our body to a new mind. When the body becomes the mind, then you have a new habit. Anybody here have a habit? No, me either. I I heard about it. A friend of mine had a habit once. I heard about it. So what do you do when you change a habit? takes awareness, takes practice, takes some discipline. I'm not doing that anymore. Oh, I did it again. I said, I'm not doing that anymore. I'll stop doing that. And over time, eventually, the habit breaks down. And you replace it with something more efficient. 
I was talking to the musicians. We had them lined up here at the first service. I said, you know, if you guys just sit around and study music all day long and never pick up an instrument, that's lovely. You're going to have a lot of information. So they become the philosophers. They're the musical philosophers. You have to become an initiate. You have to string. You have to, even Brooklyn with her guitar. You start to play. And eventually you move into a level of mastery. It's ongoing. I see Mitch all the time. I see him throughout the week. He's always practicing. Go over to his place. I'm the maintenance man at the fourplex, by the way. I'm pretty proud of that, too. I go over there. Every time I go over there, what's Mitch doing? Playing the guitar. A memory without the emotional charge is called what? Without the chemicals going. What is it called? I know some of you are. You guys can't say it. A memory without the emotional charge. What's it called? Mm, Begins with a W. Ends with an M. Wisdom. Wish does not end with an M, but nice try. Thanks for trying. If we're going to have a spelling bee, I'm going to keep that in mind around here with you. So thank, thank you, Rhea. You know I love you. It's wisdom. It's wisdom. Oh, I had that experience. It doesn't upset me anymore, but I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. As you start to observe the emotions, you make the unconscious conscious. This is how we wake up, making the unconscious conscious. The Buddhists call it labeling. Wonderful quote from uh, Richard Barrett I want to share with you as we move along here. And I believe this is why we incarnate. You know, I look at people all the time. Laura and I watched the movie Jackie the other night. It's about Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis and after the assassination of her, her husband, President Kennedy. And in it, she says to the priest after the uh, assassination, she says, why would a God, why would a God abandon two children like this? And of course, you know, the president had been killed and the two young, beautiful kids. And, and the priest looked at her and said, you know, if you're expecting the answer, there isn't one. You can't go through life expecting answers and understanding all of it. And I think that's true. Does it make it pleasant? Does it make it nice? No, but that's been my experience too. There's things we just never understand. But when you, when you look at life from, from that materialistic point of view, it looks tragic. But when you look at life from the the eternality of the soul and the journey, it's different. And so Richard Barrett says this, the reason your soul incarnated into your body is to support the evolution of consciousness here on earth. I believe this to be true. In fact, I, I don't believe it, I know it. In pursuit of this objective, your soul has two strategic purposes which you can choose to align with or not. First, to lead a value-driven life. And secondly, to lead a purpose-driven life. Your soul cannot fulfill these purposes unless your ego is able to shift into energetic alignment with your soul. So everything I'm talking to you about today is, is practices and ways of looking at our lives and looking at ourselves so we can bring our souls in greater alignment, our egos in greater alignment with our souls. So it's a mosaic. It's not either or. But most people are so trapped in the reactive, egoic nature There's no possibility for the soul to have any opportunity, and that's why it's so important for those of us that are awake enough to be about this business. And we know we're called to it. We know it's the thing to do. That's why we say we support every tradition. But what we support more than anything is this depth of of practicing your tradition, because in every tradition, there's a mystical depth to it that's beautiful and powerful and practical. Every tradition. Most people are skimming along the surface. But every once in a while, somebody goes deep. And we're a, we're a tribe of people that want to go deep. 
So I want to just touch upon those, those ideas again real quickly in conclusion. We bring mastery to resistance by acknowledging it. Our life and our aliveness is transformed by a relationship with love. There's one life, that life is God's, that life is my life now. Beautiful prayer. Surrender is the understanding that the universe does have your back. We are not alone. Surrender is not quitting. It's like, wait a minute, I got a partner here. I'm teeming with this infinite intelligence right now. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know what it is. And building that consciousness. You are the creator of your life. Are you taking advantage of that information? Are you spending time each day surrendering to the unknown and understanding I am pure consciousness. I can, do what, I can create whatever I choose in my life, my states of being. And as I create those states of being, the void is filled. Love attracts love. And when you're whole and complete and connected to a vision of possibility in the future, that's when it happens. When you're whole, complete, because that, there's a landing place for it, for the newness. If we're angry and frustrated, we're just pushing. That's why ego is called edging God out. We're trapped in our own small measures of having to have it a certain way. The infant has no room. Oh, I'll come back later when you make some room for me. No place for me to sit here now. And to presence yourself, to emulate the creator, you have to be divine. You have to expand. And expansion requires trust, surrender, openness and willingness to surrender to the truth of who and what we are. Doesn't matter what you've done up until this point. That's what I love about the metaphor, the the parable of the prodigal son. When we look at it from the Newtonian perspective, that everything needs to line up according to our, our what's right and what's wrong. How dare this son go off and spend all his money and party till he can't stand and come back and he's broke. And here's the son, the dutiful son that stayed behind and did all the work and was loyal and true to his father's wishes. And here comes this party animal coming back, all beat up and broke. And what does the father do? Welcome home. Because that's what the father always does, his father presence. It always says welcome home. So whatever your story is, if you're just like the magical talking dog, Even if you've told stories that aren't true, it doesn't make you any less a miracle. It just means up until now you've been making stuff up about yourself. But most people do that anyway. It's okay. The infinite, whenever we turn and we go back into wholeness and completeness and integrity of who we are and live our values and live what's important to us, we immediately align with the infinite in a more rich and beautiful and wonderful way. Dr. Holmes wrote that the same law that frees you keeps you prisoner. How are you using the law today? Using your choice of discernment. A new thought hits our awareness. It must be practiced within 48 hours or we lose it. That's the way the brain works. That's how we wire something new. 48 hours to get this laid down. So what practice can you do? What can you do that will help you embody this in a a deeper and, and more beautiful way? Perhaps it's just surrendering to the infinite. What's mine to do here? An understanding. I am pure consciousness. And I'm partnering with spirit like in a new and wonderful way this day. And I'm going to take time. I'm going to create time each day. Maybe it's 10 minutes to just 
linger in this relationship. It'll feel uncomfortable at first because it's new. But it's so worth doing, giving yourself the gift of coming home to yourself, of realizing the miracle that you are. Embracing your resistance, surrendering, understanding the power that you are. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. It's seeking expression. It's seeking expression. So let it have its way by means of you. Blessings. Thank you.